All right, guys, welcome to a special episode 19 of Beef's Beef. Uh, I've been plugging this episode for a while because I have a really special guest today with me over the phone is Super Bowl 39 MVP Dion Branch. How's it going, Dion? Man, I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Uh, man, I thank you for coming on, man. It's uh, it's kind of funny. I want to tell the story about how I ca- how I kind of got in contact with you. So okay. Uh, so I was coaching uh, at Moore High School, and I was actually coaching yep. the middle school team. And two weeks after the season starts, I get a phone call from Boston. And I was like, all right, I don't know who I know from Boston, but all right. So I answered it, and you're like, hey, what's up, coach? This is Dion Branch. And me being a huge Louisville and New England Patriots fan, I was like, yeah, all right, yeah, good joke. Who is this? And you're like, no, coach, it's, it, I'm serious, man. You coach, you coach my son, Deontay. And then I stopped, <laughs> I stopped talking for a second. I was like, how did I not put that together? Deontay. <laughs> And Dion Branch, I don't know, but again, I thank you for coming on. I know there was some scheduling difficulties, but man, the fact that you are willing to do it over the phone means a lot to me. Hey man, I truly appreciate it. So, what kind of things have you been doing since you uh, since you got out of the NFL? Uh, man, hey, uh, daddy pictures basically, man. It, it, I honestly, truly, I'm very blessed to have a I have a wife that's been supporting and it's just been the backbone for my family while while myself and all, you know, all my other teammates and everything go out and, and play this game to try to support our family financially. But right now I'm just taking advantage of the opportunity to spend enormous hours with my, my kids, with my wife. And, um, it, you know, because those things you can't get back. Yeah. And man, I truly see what it takes to be a, a, a supporting wife to be a supporting uh, loved one to be you know uh, not saying a single parent because she always had my help I was there but not on a 24 hour basis I truly see what it's like now man and I, and I think for every guy who has a girlfriend who has a who has a kid's mother who has a wife uh, guys that's in my position that we play ball we truly don't understand it until we actually get it and man I'm, I'm telling you uh it's a, it's a great blessing, man, just to be there to go to your kid's game, to pick every practice, things of that nature, man. That's all I've been doing. And then a couple business ventures here and there, but I get most of my joy. I, I get all of my joy with my kids, and, you know, with my wife and my family. That, that's awesome. So where where are you living now since I know you're from Albany, Albany, Georgia? Where are you exactly. living now? So I have a home in Indianapolis, and I also have a home in Louisville, and I have a home back in Georgia. So... I'm commuting all up 65 and 75. Uh, for the most part, I spend most of my time up in uh, Indianapolis and in uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. So, I, I, like I mentioned, you were from Albany, and then you went to a, uh, a JUCO in Mississippi. What, what? I mean, at the time that you came to Louisville, our football team really wasn't on the map. You were a part of those first teams that – kind of put us on the map to get the bowl streak going. What coming out of right. the JUCO really stuck out with Louisville that made you want to come here? Well, yeah, I know that's the crazy part because I, I signed with Florida out of high school. I, I um, you know, me being a receiver, I always wanted to, you know, be involved and be a part of a program, you know, where they threw the ball. So clearly I actually didn't do what I was supposed to do in high school. Therefore, I, I couldn't accept that letter of intent to Florida. And uh, I was – I sent to I was I was going to a junior college in Mississippi, Jones Junior College, in which we won a national championship. But before all that stuff happened, 
I'll never forget the one day when Coach uh, Cox, he came and visited my, we were playing co-in, and I think had a pretty good game. And the guys just stepped up to me like, hey, you want to go, you want to attend the University of Louisville? I'm like, what? I said, it's a basketball school. Yeah. And he said, listen to me, son. We throw the ball a hundred times. We have the best quarterback in the country. Yeah. And when he said, he said, look it up when you get back to your dorm, when you get home. I mean, you know, after you all get dressed and everything. He said, check out our team, Chris Redman, Arnold Jackson, check these guys out. We have the number one offense in the nation. So when he said that, I was like, okay. So number did- one offense, all this stuff. I went and checked it out, and I was interested from that point. So did Arnold Jackson kind of seal the deal for you because of how many NCAA records he kind of had? <laughs> no, because, you know, the crazy part, what sealed it was Coach John L. Smith. Okay. You know, who, who's a guy that, that I I love to death. I have so much respect in the world for this guy, man. Uh, I finally signed with the University of Louisville. I kind of slid a little bit, leaving the junior college and transferring to a university. Yeah. You know, I was talking about... You know, everything is completely different. And I kind of stumbled to my grace, and this guy gave me a second opportunity, and I didn't look back. I haven't looked back since. And, and all the credit goes to this guy for that. I just really wanted to get that out about Coach Darnell. But the main thing that sealed it is that I had every scholarship on the table at, at Jones right before I actually signed. But about two weeks before the signing day, Coach Smith came out and visit out of all the scholarships. I'm talking out to every school. I had three coaches to come out and visit. Yeah. And when your head coach come out, that means a lot. And and um, I, I I enjoyed myself with, with Tennessee with Coach Phil Former. He's another great guy. He was another one that came out. Coach Miami came out from UK and uh, Coach Smith. And I signed him with Coach Smith. I'll he just, gave me the. I'll just say this, man. I'm I'm glad you picked us over How Mummy because you could have done the same things in that air raid offense, but I'm super glad you picked uh, it. Exactly, man. And that was crazy too. So I was very close to to signing with UK, but uh, out of junior college. Yeah, but I wound up choosing U of L, and I love every minute of. Yeah, so I mean, how does it how does it feel? I mean, watching now, you got Lamar Jackson, one of the Heisman. You that last right. season also, you know, we're on the verge of making the playoffs before we stumble down at the end. How does it feel to know that you kind of laid the foundation for the current success the program has? Oh man, it's great, man. It's just great to be a part of that. You know, that university. Just having my name attached to it is way more joy and, and, and pleasure for myself versus it being by the other way around. Yeah, you know. I love it when people speak about the University of Louisville, the, the magnitude that people talk when they speak about my university, man. It, it, it gives me a lot of joy. Chill bumps, man, to be honest. So you say you you say you say have a house here. How often do you get to come back and watch the games? And, you know, you keep up with them when you're out of town and stuff, too? Oh, yeah, sir. Yes. Um, I try my best to make the every game. Every game, every opportunity I get, you know, outside of my kids with their stuff, their sports that they have going on, if I can make a 24-hour uh, trip down to the city, if I'm not there already, to catch a game, I'm doing it. You know, just to be around the program, and hopefully soon one day, who knows, man, I'll probably I'll probably have my have an office inside the building one day. Who knows? Let's hope we'll so, man. I mean, having, having you in the building is nothing but is nothing but good stuff, man. I mean, just the the success that you've had with the university, and then 
going on to the NFL. I mean, we like I when I introduced you, you know, I'm Super Bowl thirty nine MVP. But what's funny is if you look back at your stats, you actually had a better game the year before in the Super Bowl. You you in thirty nine you had eleven receptions, one hundred thirty three yards. You won the MVP. In thirty eight you had ten receptions, one hundred forty three yards, and a touchdown. With, yeah, I think they feel bad for me. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of like when it was kind of like when Kobe finally won that MVP after like five years when Nash won it back to back. It was like, well, we should have given it to him last year. Let's give it to him this year. Yeah, yeah. I think they just felt bad for Kobe and myself, but yeah. overall, man, I'm, I'm glad we won the game. I honestly think that, um, so if you look at it, even the, the Houston game, the 38 game, yeah. Tom had a good game. Uh, Adam Vinatieri was another one who could have actually been the MVP of that game as well, you know. And then you fast forward to 39. Well, I'm not saying Tom, my bad. Tom had a great game. He, he earned that award. It was other guys outside of myself who had a chance and Benetary. And then you look at Super Bowl 39, you look at guys like Rodney Harrison, who had a real good game. Uh, uh, Adam Benetary, once again, who made some clutch field goals for us. He had a, another opportunity to win it. So I, I think overall the most important thing is to win it. That's the first thing. And then you have, you know, you sit back and pop the champagne and figure out who's the MVP. Yeah. But, uh, I'm very blessed to be named amongst those other great uh, MVPs, man. Just to have my name on that ballot. So I can't have you on here and at least not at least not let everybody know that you actually have an NFL record from those two Super Bowls. A lot of people don't know this, but you actually have the most combined receptions in consecutive Super Bowls because you had ten. You had ten and thirty-eight, and you had eleven and thirty-nine. Okay. And that actually man. obviously combines to 21, and you have the most receptions combined in two consecutive Super Bowls. Man, that's all right. That's yeah. all right. So, that's pretty good. Hey, man. Trust <laughs> me, Chief. I really don't think about it. I got the two rings, though. That's the only thing that really matters. <laughs> Be honest. How often do you wear those? Uh, no, I never really wear them. I'd wear you them know, all the I time. Even as a, all the time. Huh? As a uh, player, I think uh, you constantly find yourself in that chase mode. Yeah. Whereas if this year is over. It's all about the next year. Yeah. And if you're going back to back, the next goal is to win it again. Then can we three feet? Yeah. Which is unheard of. You follow me? So uh, winning one Super Bowl is unheard of, let alone winning back to back. So after. You know, and, and, Go ahead. Oh, and then we had the opportunity to actually three feet, but we stumbled. Yeah. You know, in, in the playoffs in Denver. Denver played a better game than, than us, but. Uh, Kudos to those guys, but honestly, I never wear them. I never wear them. <laughs> That's what I was actually about to talk about. So, you, I mean, after that, you played one more season in New England, and you actually had the best season of your NFL career that year. And mm-hmm. then the Patriots, you guys lost in the in the division round to the Broncos. Um, right. But that was actually the last season of your rookie contract. And it was there was you guys, you and the Patriots kind of going back and forth and couldn't really come to terms, so you actually ended up holding out. Can you like walk walk us through like from a player's perspective? Because you always hear from the media side, this is what this is what goes on. This person's holding out. It almost makes the player look selfish, but they don't ever give the player's perspective. Can you give us a player's perspective, kind of, of what those meetings yeah, were like player, and what ended up leading you to hold out? Yeah, I'm gonna give you the younger version, then I'll give you the older version. Okay. The younger version at that time was just all about, you know, the the team, the uh, organization felt that I had outplayed my contract. 
my my team and myself, my team and I felt that I played my contract as well. Uh, the the team and I were actually trying to get a deal done after the second after Super Bowl thirty eight. Yeah. So it never happened after the Super Bowl thirty nine. You know, and I promised Coach that hey, I'm gonna come in, I'm gonna play ball, bump the MVP stuff. I just want to play. This is where I want to be. Don't worry about me holding out. And and like Coach gave me his promise, and we they we were trying to get it done. Yeah. Just like he said, we're gonna try our best to make sure we lock this in, Dion. We have the best interest to keep you here. And we both tried, and, and as a young player, you want to cash in and, 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 and get what, what you've earned. Yeah. And I think uh, we both felt that, as an organization, as, as myself, felt that I, I earned that. We just couldn't come together on those numbers. And that's what happened. You know, and the organization had to do what was best for them, and I had to do what was best for myself and my family. And that's what happened as a young man. Yeah. But as a veteran guy who has been through the ranks, who have been a part of something, um, such as winning two Super Bowls, a winning organization, I was blessed. Now, I could have got real nasty. Bill could have traded me to a terrible team. Yeah. He sent me to Seattle, which we had, I had a great four years over in Seattle, another first-class organization. And uh, it, it didn't work out. It wasn't the same. And, and you know that saying when they say the grass ain't green? <laughs> you, you, got, you follow me? Yeah, I mean, even if they are green, yeah, it's not greener on the other side, for sure. Yeah, if it's not green, it's just not green over there. You know, you just never know. You got to go with your heart and your gut, and I went with it. But me being a veteran guy, I would always tell a younger guy, if you're, if they're in the position that I was in, try your best to stay. Try yeah. your best to make it work. You know, because uh, who knows what would we, what we could have accomplished had I stayed the Another next four years. Could you have pictured you, know? you next to Randy Moss? Oh my God! Uh, that would have been crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. I mean, Randy yeah. Moss sets the NFL record for touchdowns in a season as a receiver. I yeah. mean, yeah. you would have taken some from him for sure. Well, not even that. Just think about the year I was traded. They made it to the AFC Championship game and they lost. Um, you know, you look at those things, man. It's just like, man. What could have happened? What could have? And da da da. But at the same time, I look at where I'm at now. I'm very blessed and very thankful um, to both organizations, Seattle and New England. Yeah. So do you do you keep in contact with any of the guys from New England? Oh uh, yes, yes, I do. Uh, if you think about it, it's, a, it's such a high turnover. Uh, the guys that are on the team now, most of those guys wasn't there. It's probably about a handful, maybe yeah. eight to ten guys. Yeah. That's it. That is it. Now you got to think about the second term. Tom, Tom is the only guy from my first term with the Patriots. From 02 to 05. Yeah. That was there. <laughs> my so, reign when I came back in 09 to, to 12, it's a handful of guys. So you knowing, you knowing Tom and knowing Coach Belichick, do you, do you buy into the rumors that there actually is dissension in the locker room like they're saying it is? Yeah, they're they're saying with the Garoppolo stuff, him getting them trading in. Uh, and, and, uh, nah, they're trying to sabotage us, man. They're trying to sabotage my guys. But nah, hey, hey look, you gotta think about it. Hey, man, family is always gonna dispute with over minor things. Yeah. You know, that's that's what makes your family so strong. That's what makes that organization so so strong. You're not gonna always agree on everything, but you gotta find a happy medium somewhere in which. Throughout the years. Yeah. That's what it's been. 
I'm gonna tell you now, even when I was there, it wasn't perfect. But we made it work. We figured out how to do it. Yeah. And they're gonna do that as well. They're gonna figure it out. They're gonna figure it out. So don't worry about that part. Yeah. So you know. So like I stated earlier, you, you came out of Jones County JUCO in Mississippi, then Louisville, then in New England, eventually Super Bowl MVP. And you always like we, we mentioned Kobe earlier. You you always hear instances or or, or an instance or an instances that spark determination or drive in, in successful people in, in the sports area or in in all types of areas. What was what was the turning point? Because you mentioned you had a you were committed to Florida. You were going to Florida coming out of high school. Right. What, what was the Awesome. So, uh, I got a couple more questions for you. The, this is the last question okay. about when you played in New England. You got to give me a couple good stories about Brady and Belichick. Give me, give me something that people haven't heard. It doesn't have to be anything uh, nasty or anything. Yeah. Just something funny. Give me something <laughs> good. Uh, no, honestly, I think that what, what a lot of people don't understand and, and how they measure. You look at Coach Belichick, man. He's a loving guy. A very caring individual. Uh, what you see of Bill on television is what he's like off the camera. You know, and, and, and the things of, you look at Tom, people understand how Tom and Bill clashes all the time. It's almost like a father and son relationship. You know, Bill's biggest thing is he always lets everybody know that, hey, I'm still in charge. Regardless, Tom Brady, you're the greatest football player to ever play the game, the greatest quarterback, whatever you want to say about yourself. I'm still the coach. And if, you know, there's moments where we'll watch film and he lets everybody know in the room that everybody's on the same page. He'll highlight a bunch of plays with Tom where he's messing up and just clearly just just hone in on him and give it to him in the team meeting. And all the guys will be like, man, he's really doing this to Tom Brady? Yeah. But at the same time, he knows that'll light a fire on his Tom's behind. And Tom would get out there and make our team that much more better. Yeah. You, you follow me? Yeah. I mean, as great as he is now, Tom demands so much excellence from everybody else. That's what makes it seem so good. And it's all it all starts up top. And then not only talking about the uh, competitiveness of Tom, I've always said this story, but uh, my brother going to kill me if he ever hears this again. <laughs> but uh, I'll never forget we was in training camp and Tom is so competitive, man. He hates losing. And which everybody should hate losing, but this guy truly hates it. He competes at everything. We were playing ping pong, and I'm beating everybody. Tom's walk in. He jumps the line for one. He's Tom, so all right, cool. 
It's 10 guys in line. Tom, skip everybody. I got next. <laughs> Whatever. Jumps the line. I beat him the first game. He said, all right, Barker, run it back. Tom, it's 10 guys waiting to play. You can't just run the game back like that. So we ran the game. We played another game. I beat him again. He proceeds to snap the paddle. <laughs> he just snapped the dog on paddle, walks out, and everybody just looking like, but nobody's saying nothing. Nobody's saying anything. <laughs> They're just looking. Like, you bastard. <laughs> but, uh, that's great. But you get, that, that is, that's Tom Brady. And then his postseason, we get to practice that day. He don't throw the ball to me, but he laughed the entire practice. <laughs> that's great. I don't catch that one pass in the next practice. So, so he freezes you out because you beat him in ping pong. That's, oh, he punished me, yes. That's my punishment. <laughs> That's great. great. So uh, I actually am going to sneak one more in here. So is it amazing to you or did you? is it not really that surprising to you that he's still playing at this level at his age? Oh, it's not a surprise. It's, it's not a surprise at all. I think the um, you look at the preparation – that, uh, that goes into each and every game, and you had the, you put the good, great preparation that the coaches provide for us, the players, and then you add it with those guys' work ethic. It doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, they're exactly where they they supposed to be this time of year, playing as a team, and he's playing at the level that he's playing at as as a player, just simply because of the preparation and his work ethic. That's awesome. So, Dion, do me a favor. Tell tell everybody that that listens. Uh, tell us about your foundation, what it does, and how we can how people can donate or how people can help out with it. Oh yeah, with the Dion Brandt, uh Foundation, I started way back in two thousand and six. Oh no, I'm sorry, two thousand and four. I'm sorry. Uh, I think everybody in the city, man, knows this. This is all predicated based on based on my son, uh, DeAndre, who was diagnosed with environmental uh, dyspnea, and. Uh, throughout all the years of support that we've been having throughout the foundation and, and, and my family's been getting the press and everything, uh, I'm truly very thankful and blessed to have that from you all. But if anyone wants to donate, it's Dion Branch, Dion Branch Foundation.org. And, uh, and yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm truly blessed and thankful for all the support that we've been getting throughout all of the charity, charitable events that we've been putting on. Yeah. I thank you all. So, so Dion, again, I'm extremely thankful that you took time out of your day. I know you're busy here with your with your sons and stuff. Man, I'm extremely thankful that you take out time just to talk to me over the phone and, and do an interview. Hopefully we'll get to meet up face-to-face soon because we've talked over the phone a bunch of times but never met face-to-face. Oh, I know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, but I know I'm ripping it right, man, but I truly appreciate it. Man, I, again, I thank you for coming on. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll get to see you at a Louisville game or something soon. Thanks again. Maybe you come on again in the future. Yes, sir. Sounds good. All right, Dion. Thanks, man. Thank you. So, guys, I will be right back. I'm going to do a little uh, recap here in just a second with with Smitty that's here with me. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the interview. It was a pretty good interview. So welcome back, guys. I really hope you guys enjoyed that interview. I wanted to do just a recap because, again, so far of this young podcast, that's by far the biggest interview I've had. Um, I actually, we're doing it at Jeremy's house, but Jeremy's not here. So I had uh, Smitty over here and uh, just kind of 
wanted to bounce some things off Smitty Smitty. That was an awesome interview. Yeah, I think you did a nice job. Uh, but just the fact that he agreed to come on and and take time out of his day, it was pretty cool. And the, the story about him almost going to Kentucky, I know. I saw your face light up. Oh, my gosh. I was, like, <laughs> foaming at the mouth a little bit. It's funny because Smitty's wearing his UK polo, and we're, I'm talking to Deion Branch and talking about all the stuff he did at Louisville and in the NFL, and he's like, yeah, and I almost went to play for Kentucky. Smitty's face totally changed. It was great. <laughs> to be fair, though, I, I definitely wouldn't have cared whenever he played. If he played at Kentucky or not, I'm still in a basketball phase. Yeah. Now we're a football school, so yeah. <laughs> everybody knows that. So uh, I'm not going to talk too long on this part. I just I wanted to uh, just kind of recap it. And hopefully you guys like the story about Brady breaking the uh, ping pong that paddle. That was hilarious. And then freezing him out in practice. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say that about Brady. He's just like ultra competitive. Um, like won't stop playing when he's there. But kind of like me in Connect Four. Yeah, you and Connect Four for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, guys. It's the only uh, thing I'm really competitive about. <laughs> guys, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Uh, that's That was my most fun one that I've done. Actually, I don't know. They're, all of them have been a blast. But keep liking, keep sharing. This one's going to feel like, I feel like this one's going to blow up. So, uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode and you'll have a good weekend and try to stay safe in the cold weather with the snow.